Being an entrepreneur is hard. It's hard in all aspects, personal transitions, money, how it impacts our family, and how we think of entrepreneurship, especially if you've ever been an employee before, which I'm pretty sure you have. Today, I have Craig Cannings on the show. Craig is the co-founder of Freelance University with his wife, Kelly, and he's all about helping his students realize their dreams, launch their portable freelance business, but more importantly, create the lifestyle they want. So let me ask you a question. Are you running your business like an entrepreneur or an employee? And yes, there's a huge difference. You also learn how to cultivate the entrepreneurship mindset so you can get the results of your dreams. And speaking of dreams, have you gotten your hands on the 2022 Dream Planner yet? This is the only planner I use and it has everything from writing down big dreams and weekly tasks to personal growth. It also has different sections in the planner to reevaluate your goals and have monthly check-ins with yourself. Grab your planner today at HoratioPrinting.com. That's H-O-R-A-C-I-O Printing.com and use my code AllisonSave to get a discount. Now let's dive into today's show for some awesome strategies. Hey there, mom boss. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast, where we dive into Instagram, personal branding, marketing hacks, and content creation strategies, all while balancing family life. And don't forget, we do it the fun and easy way. I'm Allison Scholes, once a corporate marketing coordinator, a teacher, and now podcaster and coach. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. Go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee or wine, and hide in your closet. Let's get this party started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. And today we are going to dig deep into your mind, your mindset. And I know you might be rolling your eyes and go, eh, I've done that before. I know what I'm doing, but let's really take a look at it, especially that we are ending this year. And before you know it, 2022 is right behind the door. So I, we're going to talk with my friend Craig here and we're going to go deep into mindset. So how are you doing, Craig? Doing great, Allison. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. This is a topic that I love mindset stuff and mindset work and journaling and all of that good stuff, but I will admit I'm not the best at talking about it. So that's why you're here. I'm going to let you just uh, (laughs) give all your wisdom to my audience. And yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun about mindset. But before we get into that, introduce yourself to the audience and let them know like what you do and why you focus on mindset. Sure. Well, hey, everyone. Again, my name is Craig, and uh, I'm one of the co-founders of uh, Freelance University. So we started a university for freelancers uh, 13 years ago. So 2008, it's been a a wild ride, and it's an exciting space to be in right now. Lots of people are becoming freelancers and working from home, uh, especially during this pandemic. And so, yeah, so over the last many years, we've had a a great opportunity to teach uh, freelancers, uh, not only the technical skills to be a great freelancer or a great VA or social media manager, whatever they're doing, but also to teach them the the fine art of becoming an entrepreneur. Because uh, whether you call yourself a freelancer or a consultant or a virtual assistant or whatever the term is, we are all entrepreneurs. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the challenge is, is that we don't learn to be entrepreneurs. Yes, there will be that kid in school that was always selling everything, always had a lemonade stand going. They just seemed to have an entrepreneurial um, sort of, they had an entrepreneurial sort of uh, feel to them and and, and vibe. Whereas a lot of us, we uh, grow up having jobs and having an employee mindset 
that when we make that pivot to entrepreneurship, we still are functioning as an employee, uh, even though we own the company. And so uh, I'm excited about talking about uh, mindset and how we make that pivot successfully. And I'm really glad we're talking about this because I would say majority of entrepreneurs, they were an employee at some point. And I think too, in our society, that's kind of what you're taught, right? You're, you're taught to go to school. You're taught to get the degree and then you have to go get the J-O-B and pretty much do what you're told and then work up the ladder. Like Absolutely. I think that's kind of like what we've all been taught where some people are like, oh, I want to do what I want to do. Like I always had it in me where I can't say I had that entrepreneurial uh, status ingrained into me, but I was that creative person and I didn't want to do the J-O-B. I never did. I did it because that's what I was told to do by my parents. I was told to go to school, told to go to college. And that's what I did. That's what society expected me to do, but it never felt right. So can you walk us through the key differences between an employee and an entrepreneur? Because I think we have to understand that first. Yeah, great question. And, and and you know what, the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of you tuning in, you we all, have, we all come from different backgrounds. And some of you may have entrepreneurs in your house or, or, you know, your parents were entrepreneurs. And so there's this through osmosis, you have learned entrepreneurship, like our kids are learning now, because both my wife and I own this company. Uh, but for me, I grew up in a non entrepreneurial home. I had two great parents. They were employees their whole life. And I would say that I did not have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. And then I started a business. And so, 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 you know, this um, class is as much for me or this episode is as much for me as it is for all of you, because I, it's been an incredible learning process going from being an employee and being a good employee. I was a good employee. I, I functioned well in that role. But then I was thrust into entrepreneurship and I floundered for the first few years. Uh, but the good thing was, Allison, was that I married uh, a woman, Kelly, who uh, grew up in an entrepreneurial home. Her brother's a business owner. Her mom's a business owner. Her dad's a business owner. And so I was learning a lot from that family on, on what it takes to be an entrepreneur. And so here's some just general characteristics that I, I want you to think about. And, and even some of the, the difference with different mindsets um, between an employee and an entrepreneur. And, and those that are tuning in, maybe make a note of where you fall uh, between these two distinctions right now. And so an employee is someone that gets good at following a leader because most uh, employees have a boss or they have a manager or there's a hierarchical sort of structure to the business or to the organization. Um, whereas an entrepreneur um, follows nobody, <laughs> they lead themselves. And so to make that pivot from me being used to taking orders, uh, receiving directions, executing upon it, to me now being in charge of executing that myself, laying out the plans, building the strategy, that was quite the pivot for me. Uh, and I don't know how it was for you, Allison, but that was that was a struggle from recognizing that I'm no longer some I'm not no longer allowing somebody to lead me like I'm, I'm following somebody. I now have to lead myself and I now have to lead an organization and it's a huge pivot for people. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And some of the things that are going through my head, as you said that 
I bet a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning, because I did this, you're ready to start your business, but you almost want someone to tell you how to do it, right? So what do you do? You get online and you download all the freebies and you binge all the videos and you acquire all this information, but there's still that moment of, I don't know how to lead myself. Mm. And I think that's where people really get stuck. And that's why they stay in that um, information zone, I guess. And they just keep, you know, they just feel they need more information. They need more information before I can lead myself. Are there any other differences that you can kind of put out there? Lots of differences. So typically employees uh, follow a job description. You know, most most uh, jobs these days have some sort of description or some some set of tasks that you follow, whereas an entrepreneur focuses on results. And that was a big thing. I, I was so used to following tasks that I needed to do, and I now needed to focus on the results that I wanted to achieve in my business, which was a total shift to entrepreneurship. Uh, that's a big one uh, as well. Uh, again, uh, you know, for an employee, your schedule is directed by others. When you become an entrepreneur, you're the one that dictates your schedule. And that's where, you know, when you first become an entrepreneur, whether you're a business owner, a, um, you have an internet company or you're a freelancer or, or you're a coach or author, whatever you do, when you first come home from that J-O-B that you've had all these years, and maybe you have your yoga pants on or whatever you're wearing <laughs> that you're now feeling very flexible, you're sitting in front of your computer in your office, you're so excited, and then you're frozen. You're like, well, what the heck do I do? Because I'm not used to actually not having a job description, not having a schedule. Um, So that's a big shift to entrepreneurship is you taking control of your life, taking control of your schedule. Because what I've enjoyed being a parent of five daughters, you know, and, you know, been on many field trips during the day. And I've enjoyed being able to build a lifestyle business where I, I set up my own schedule, and uh, I focus on the results and, and I'm not so tied to the nine to five that I was so indoctrinated to before. And so as an entrepreneur, you focus on results and it'll, it's freeing because you, it allows you to have a schedule and a life that maybe you wouldn't have been able to um, as an employee. And so, uh, so those have been a couple of big pivots. I, I think the other thing I would say is that an employee tends to have a short-term vision. So you're working in a business, you're working um, in a certain set of tasks that you have to do. Um, Whereas an entrepreneur has to have a long-term vision. So you're working on your business, you're looking at where you're gonna be 12 months from now. Um, What is the picture of the future that you see for your business? That was a major shift because I was very good at the day-to-day tasks that I needed to do in my job. It took me a while to figure out how to long range plan and how to, how to figure out what my vision is and, and things like that. Uh, so those, those are a few ones. I think the last one I would say is that there's so many I could share here, but uh, <laughs> the last one I would say is that, you know, as an employee, I wasn't really a risk taker. You know, I didn't feel like I had to be a risk taker, you know, in the, in the organization that I was in, uh, you know, it wasn't set up to, <laughs> to take risks where as an entrepreneur, that was one of the things I had to learn. I had to learn to take calculated risks. I had to learn to make mistakes. I had to learn to uh, to overcome challenges uh, on my own because although it was my wife and I, we were very much on our own initially starting. And so, so you learn to take calculated risks and uh, and and see big you know results in your business as a result of that. 
Those are really good. I relate to all of them, but I think the one that I relate to the most is the second one where that employee mindset, you're task driven mm-hmm. versus results driven. And I, I, and you're all going, everyone's going to fall into that. But I remember in the beginning, I felt that I did have to work on something right all the time. Or if I wasn't working for most of my day, I felt guilty but it took a while to get over that. And now it's focusing on, you know, I kind of answer it this way, like three things, like, is it serving me? Is it serving my audience? And is it going to help me grow right now? Mm. And if I can't answer yes to all of those, forget about it. I'm not doing it. So now that I'm more results driven, like you were talking about, I mean, honestly, I'm only working maybe two to three hours a day and that's it compared to what I was doing probably two years ago. And I have zero guilt today (laughs) because that's the life we wanted, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, those, those people that are, cause there are people that are wired to be task oriented and it's not like you leave that once you suddenly become an entrepreneur, there's a great book that I have read and we use in our company uh, called The 12 Week Year. I'm not sure you've heard of it, but that's a book that actually marries the two really well together where it says, you need a vision. You need to figure out what results do you want to achieve for your clients or your customers? What, what results do you want to achieve for yourself? So laying that out, and then it lays out sort of what sort of core tasks, what am I going to accomplish today, this week, this month, that will help me hit those results. And what I love about the 12 week year is they come up with this scorecard and the scorecard is based on execution. It's based on what you accomplish every week. Cause there's this belief, if you're doing the right tasks every week, you will achieve the right results. But if you don't have time to do any of these tasks, then you'll wonder why you're not hitting your targets and you're not hitting your goals. And so it's actually this benchmark where you'll say, let's say I've got 10 core tasks that I need to do in that week. And you say that I completed eight of the 10. So I hit 80% execution. And the book talks about if you're 70% and above consistently doing the right set of tasks, you will achieve your results. And so, so I say that to say that, you know, both parts of the equation are very important as an entrepreneur. You, you got to be results driven, visionary, goal set, you know, goal directed, but somebody's got to get the work done. And so you need to have a, a clear measurable plan on how you're going to get it, get it done. Yeah, I like that. I'll have to check that book out. But yeah, you're right. The re- the tasks have to relate and be result driven, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So can you share with us your seven ways to cultivate that mindset of being an entrepreneur? Mm. Yeah, there's, there's probably a lot more than that. And, <laughs> and again, this is just from from me learning uh, how to how to become an entrepreneur, and and some of you are like putting your hand up and saying, "I'm still learning." You know, even <laughs> even those of us that have done this a lot of years, um, it's it's you know it's it's a learning process. And so, one of the biggest things for me that was a game changer, and I this might seem like not cliche, but this is something that is taught a lot, is this idea of defining your big why. And you Mm -hmm. may have heard this in other seminars or other podcasts. It's important to know your why. Well, it's really important to know your why when you're an entrepreneur, uh, because you, your why is tied into that vision and what, what you envision your life to become as, as this new entrepreneur, as this new venture that you're, you're embarking on. And so, so I found that when, when I have a strong why it, it helps me be a better entrepreneur because I, I know that that why is is what shapes my success that why is what helps me when i'm having really tough days and i'm like why am i doing this what 
why don't I just go back to being a good employee? Like I, like I, my parents said I should, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and stop this crazy entrepreneurial pursuit. And then I tap into the why. And for me, uh, you know, early on, uh, you know, our big why was tied around our family because we started it when we had really young kids. And there was this idea that we wanted to have a business from home where we could spend a lot of time with our kids and that we didn't both have to go to work and, and we wanted to be able to invest that time in our children. And we actually ended up homeschooling them even pre-COVID uh, a little bit. So this, so that was tied into our why was this lifestyle of investing in our kids, being able to educate them from home while running a business. And, and uh, you know, that why anchored me to, to, you know, even during the tough times as an entrepreneur, because if I went back to an office, a lot of those things that I really enjoyed would go away. And so, so that's the first one I would say is, is, is really know why you're doing this, because that will anchor you and, 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 and help you to stay strong, even during the difficult days of your business. Um, the second thought that I have is, and we talked a little bit about this already, but is to create a, a plan and stick to it. And so, so, so have a game plan for your day. Um, and some of the things that I do, and everyone organizes their day and week differently, but I, I typically don't do monthly planning. I find that is, you know, I'll have some goals that I want to accomplish for the month, but in terms of laying out my plan, um, I, I use, uh, you know, sort of a weekly schedule. And so on Sunday evening, I'm mapping out every core thing that I need to accomplish this week. What are the big things that I need to get done? What are the things that I should get done? Um, and then there's everything else. And then I start to time block my schedule. And so, so one of the things that we shared earlier is that when you get in front of your desk as an entrepreneur <laughs> and you're used to being an employee, you're like, well, what do I do? You know, <laughs> I, nobody's sending me anything to do. Well, when you've laid out a plan and you've time blocked and time block means you are blocking out times for really important projects. So let's say you're working on building your website. Well, from nine to 11, I'm going to work on building my website. And then from 11 to 12, I'm going to market. I'm going to connect with some people that uh, are going to help me with my business. And so you start to lay out a schedule. So by the end of the day, you're like feeling really accomplished. You're, you're just crushing your list of things that you needed to get done because you've laid out dedicated blocks to get that done. And another example of a time block is a learning block where you block out time every week to tune into podcasts like this or to, uh, you know, to attend webinars or to read books or to consume blog posts, because you know that if you continue to sharpen your saw, you continue to get better at this, you'll just be a better entrepreneur and you'll be more successful. But that requires a plan. And so as, uh, as somebody that's shifting from an employee to an entrepreneur, if you don't have a plan, you're going to be, you're going to be sort of swim drowning uh, yeah. in your office and it won't seem as desirable as you want what you thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, and well. I love that you said plan. And I also loved how you pointed out to in your plan, make sure you are blocking time for your personal development, because I found as I was getting better in my business, I left that behind me. And then you feel like you're kind of catching up. And if you want to learn, you have to put that in your plan. So like for myself on Mondays, in the afternoon, I have time blocked for any type of personal development, mm. reading, you know, watching videos that I've subscribed to, or like you said, listening to podcasts, like you have to put it in your plan, because if you don't, you're just never going to do it. It's so true. It's yeah. so true. 
And that kind of ties into my third one, which is, is to create rituals in your business. And, and, and this is the cool thing about being an entrepreneur is it's your own schedule. It's your own life. It's your own time. You could choose to waste it and not do anything, <laughs> or you could choose to like, like you said, Allison, work two and three hours a day, but they're like high productive, high, high output hours mm -hmm. <laughs> that you are, are achieving great results in your business. But when you build rituals into your day, uh, you know, such as uh, it might be, you know, you have a time where you have a 30 minute walk that you do in the middle of the day, or you, um, you know, know at this time is, is going to be, you know, a certain amount of time that I'm going to go and, and read a book or spend time with my kids or go to the gym. By, by doing these things, it helps to reaffirm the joy of why you're doing this from home or why you're running this business because you have that flexibility. But what it does is when you build these rituals or these breaks um, into your schedule is it replenishes your energy. And, you know, a lot of people talk about time management, but I like to talk about energy management because I know when I'm working on a task for too long, my energy gets depleted, my cognitive abilities get diminished, and suddenly I'm mush, like I have no value to my organization. But when I'm building in these rituals where I'm taking breaks, I'm replenishing the energy, suddenly I come back creative, more creative, I come back more fired up, more energized. And so when you do that on a, and I call them rituals because it's something that you don't just do randomly, you do strategically because you know that you can give your best to your clients and your customers if you're constantly replenishing yourself. And so that's a really important one. And, and we, we did a podcast recently at, at our, our podcast, the freelance podcast on burnout that entrepreneurial burnout's a thing that you, you think you've arrived and you got your own business and everything's great. And suddenly you're working too many hours. Uh, you're missing the important people in your life. Um, you're stressed about all sorts of things. And suddenly you head down this road and you crash. And, uh, you know, that's another episode for another day on how you prevent, <laughs> prevent that. But one of the ways you do that is just by taking care of yourself um, and, and building those rituals into to replenish. So that's that is uh, sort of my third thought. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's super important to do that. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of miss the mark on that because they're like, oh, I need to get this done. I need this, need to get this done. And then I can rest or then I can do the thing where really you should do the thing and rest because then when you do the task, like you said, you're going to have so much more energy, focus and clarity. And then that's just one step closer to your results. Yeah, it's, it's so true. So true. Uh, the fourth thought is, or the fourth strategy is to build your network. Um, or, or often I like to call this build your circles of influence, especially for those of you that would classify yourself as a solopreneur. Right now, you may not have a team. Uh, it may just be you or maybe one other person, but you're fairly alone in this. You know, loneliness can set in. It might seem great to work from home, have your own business, or work from anywhere, but you want to make sure you're you're building a network of supportive people around you. So there's two types of networks. You've got your business network and those people are, you're connecting with those people for the purpose of growing your business. Um, so it could be, uh, and I, I usually refer to the three Ps, uh, you know, the, the personal network. So those are people like family, friends, people that are, are in your world, but they're supportive, they're supporting you in your business. And then you've got your professional network. These could be colleagues, peers, people that are in a mastermind group with you. Um, and then you've got 
the fourth P, which or the third P, which is your prospects. These are mm. business contacts. These are business leads. These are potential partners. These are potential clients, customers. These are people that you're building relationship with uh, in order to grow your business. So that's sort of that personal network, that professional network, and then I call the prospect network, which are are they're not yet clients, they're not yet customers. They are people that you're you're networking with. Um, and so that's the one side of, of the network. And the other side is um, sort of that support network. And it's more about the one side is to grow your business, the one side's to, to grow yourself, um, where you are, and, and, and sometimes they're interchangeable, but this is where you have people around you that are, are supporting you, that are encouraging, whether it's a spouse, a friend, a colleague, uh, a mastermind group that they just, you get together, you support each other through the challenges, that really helps you weather those difficult moments as an entrepreneur. When you have people that are journeying with you and that are for you, um, I'm a part of a, I get to work with my wife and, and we're, she's a, my, my main source of <laughs> support, you know, by a long shot, but I've also been with a mastermind group with four people for five years and we meet weekly and we challenge each other. We encourage each other, but having that, and, 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 and just learning from other entrepreneurs, um, which is another sort of point is to align yourself with really supportive entrepreneurs where you're just taking notes on their life. You're taking notes on how they're doing entrepreneurship and that in turn makes you a better entrepreneur. So, so build a network, you know, make sure you have a network that's supporting you and that, that will help you endure, endure sort of the, the difficult moments in your business. And I couldn't agree more. And when you were talking about that, I was almost thinking of my own life because that really, if you're a solopreneur, if you're listening, you're a solopreneur, you definitely want to establish a network because if you're doing this on your own, you will get to a point where you're going to get stagnant. You need that push from other people who are going through the same journey because I have a lot of friends that are not entrepreneurs and they just don't get it, right? You you can't talk to them about your business or about being an entrepreneur, your journey, because they just kind of like, I don't get it. You're, you're not nine to five. Like, so you're kind of silent and you sit back and they're all talking about their nine to five jobs. And you're just kind of sitting here going, I'm the entrepreneur, you know, here I am, the introvert. So you do need to build that network because you are going to, you don't want to get to that stagnant point. You need almost like your power people to constantly push you and uplift you and say, yes, keep going. You're amazing. And you're going to get, you know, the results and the dreams that you want. So I love that you brought up network because I totally agree with you. Well, it's just, it's vital. It's not, it's not, it's a prerequisite, I think, yes. to being successful as an entrepreneur. It's interesting, a friend of mine, uh, he's not an entrepreneur, but he works with a, uh, a pretty cool internet company. But before that, he was working in an office and during COVID, uh, he switched careers, switched businesses, and this business was completely virtual. And mm -hmm. uh, before he did not understand at all how I functioned at home. And now he's like, he will reach out to me at 9.30 in the morning and be like, do you want to go for a coffee? <laughs> and he's like, he's got this new, he loves this new lifestyle. And it's, it, but it's the reason I share that is because there's so many people that don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And yet COVID hit 
And suddenly all these people, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, they did have to return home and they needed to be self-directed and they needed to have entrepreneurial characteristics because now there wasn't a boss looking over their cubicle. Suddenly they needed to get results done from home. And so, so it's interesting how the world of work has trended and changed. And now this idea of working from home doesn't seem so weird anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> in, in, at least in my experience. And one day it was They're like, what do you do in your basement? Exactly. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. So that was number four. You have three more for us. Yeah. So number five really ties to those of you that do work with clients and it may not be all of you, uh, but I serve freelancers and train freelancers. And so this is a really big one uh, is set clear boundaries with clients. Because when you are work, when you're doing client work, whether you're a coach, a consultant, uh, whether you're uh, a freelancer of some t- some type or a virtual assistant, uh, cl- some clients will want to m- treat you like an employee. They will want to have your schedule uh, or control your schedule. They will be messaging you at all hours. They will, uh, you know, they will expect you. To, to be there at a certain time, which, you know, certainly happens in client work, but they are for, for all purposes, they're treating you like an employee. And often we allow them to do that. And there's great clients out there that get it. They know that, Hey, we're both business owners. You're, you're part, we're partnering together in my success. And, and, you know, they get that, but a lot don't because the clients also have been indoctrinated into the world of an employer and an employee. And many of them haven't, you know, they may be business owners now, but they were a manager at one point. They were a director. They were an employee. And so then they treat you the same way. And so it's so important to set boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. often we'll, we'll get that where somebody wants to hire one of our freelancers for 20 hours a week, but they want them available all the time. And, and the person says, you know, I, I have three other clients as well. And so, uh, you know, I'll get back to you within 24 hours all the time. Uh, but, but no, I can't, I can't make myself available to you 24-7. And so you need to set sort of like time boundaries on when you're available with this client. Uh, you need to set communication boundaries on, you know, what, what technology are you willing to communicate with them on? No, you're not going to give them your mobile phone number <laughs> or Facebook Messenger or Skype. You, you got to communicate exactly what you're comfortable with. Otherwise, you might have people pinging you and tinging you on all co- kinds of things that you didn't uh, intend for them to reach reach you on. And so you want to set those time and communication boundaries, uh, it, you know, and, and let them know that your deadline driven, you're committed to completing all their all the tasks of the project on time and with excellence, but uh, your schedule is your own. Um, and that that has been a big one for and that really is more for people that are working directly with clients right now. Now I have a follow-up question, but I want to save it for last. Okay. Because it deals with entrepreneurs and I think it's going to be a really good ending to our episode. So I'm going to hang on to this question and I'm going to let you finish with the last two of your mindset. <laughs> yeah. The, the sixth one is, is to be an avid learner. We've talked a bit about this already, but I want to re I, I included that in the, the top seven because I would not be the entrepreneur that I am today. And yes, I'm still a work in progress, but I wouldn't, we wouldn't be as successful as we are if we weren't willing to learn and master uh, skills in the areas we needed to. And so uh, a great entrepreneur is a curious learner. They, they never stop learning. They are 
fully open to learning from others. The, the entrepreneurs that are a little more scary is when they think they know it all. Mm -hmm. And they think they don't have anything else to learn. And they, and I've met those type of entrepreneurs at conferences. And uh, I prefer to take a humble position because your business could be going really well. And then suddenly something changes and everything falls apart. And so I think an entrepreneur has to be humble, has to be willing to learn. Um, and so that's why I shared earlier about having a time block. You know, how much time per week are you, are you dedicating to learning? It was like what Abraham Lincoln said. He said, you know, if I had to cut down a tree, um, if I had six hours to cut down a tree, I'd take the first four to sharpen the saw. Um, in other words, I would take, I would take the time to learn and master and develop, uh, develop my skill sets. And so as an example, um, I'm a course creator. We have a university, we have many courses, about 80 courses right now. I haven't designed them all, but a lot of them. And I have honed that craft of course creation over 13 years. My first courses were a little bit nasty. Uh, they weren't <laughs> that good. I wasn't that great of a teacher. Today, if you're to take a class from us uh, in 2021 or 2022, you will see somebody that has honed their craft because I know that I need to constantly learn to become a better teacher online so that I can get better results for my, for my students. And so that's a big one is, is to be an avid learner. And then the final one, again, is, uh, is so important uh, to remember is, and we talked a bit about this, is, is to lead yourself. To remember that, you know, always to check yourself, uh, who's leading me right now? You could say, well, my clients are leading me. My vendors are leading me. My, my stakeholders in my company are leading me. Um, and if you get into that place, you are very much an employee in your own business. Um, and the big thing is you want to lead yourself. Okay. You want to lead yourself. You lead yourself by setting goals, by a lot of the things we talked about, by having a plan, by being results driven, by being accountable. When things go wrong, the buck stops with you. You dust off yourself, you get back up and you keep, you keep at it. Um, but you need to lead yourself. And I think, you know, that's another episode in the making is self-leadership because the greatest, the hardest person we'll ever have to lead is ourselves. Um, because we have issues <laughs> and we, we struggle at times with leading ourselves. And, and that is the Achilles heel of a lot of entrepreneurs is they don't lead themselves well. And so they, they lead themselves into ruin or into not achieving what they had hoped uh, to achieve in their life. So, so lead yourself well. Um, that, that's, that's the hallmark attribute of being a great entrepreneur. I love that. And it actually kind of leads into my final question for you going mm. back to boundaries, because you were talking about setting boundaries with your customers or your clients. But what is your advice on setting boundaries on ourselves? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs start out going, they have this big vision, dream, working for themselves, making their own money, and having financial freedom or time freedom. But what happens? they overwork themselves. Mm. They are working the nine to five or they're checking their phone at seven o'clock at night or they're sitting next to their kids if they're playing or watching a show. And what are we doing? We're on our phones. Mm. So again, doing that lead yourself, what's your advice on setting boundaries as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I would put a I would put a, a clamp on your, your, your devices. So, so set, 
you know, shut down your devices uh, when you're wanting to be present with the important people in your life. I had an aha moment a number of years ago. I was early on in the entrepreneurial career, and this was the time when iPhones were coming out and, you know, smartphone technology was was uh, becoming big at that time. And I was at one of my daughter's dance recitals, and uh, we were waiting for them to come out. And and I was on my phone, and then I looked around, and uh, I was particularly looking at the dads in the room, just because, you know, I'm, I'm a father of... And I noticed it was just looking at all these dads and all of them were on their phones. Uh, they were, some might've been just doing whatever, you know, playing Candy Crush or whatever they were doing. But, <laughs> but, but I wasn't, I was checking emails. I was thinking about something I had to do tomorrow. I was responding to someone that was, that, that was important. And I was completely not present. And, uh, and who loses in that, in that equation? Everybody does. Mm-hmm. I lose being fully present and invested and enjoying that moment with watching my daughter because I'll never get the moment back. It's that that moment will be gone. And then my daughter loses because she sees distracted dad and not somebody that is fully there, fully present. And so, so that's the biggest thing that I've learned. I mean, we could talk a lot about that topic, but is to, to really set boundaries on your technology. Because in this day and age, our work follows us wherever we go. I can get a lot done on my phone when it's work time or my mm-hmm. iPad or whatever mobile laptop or whatever I have. But if you bring that along and, and you know, and people will work at their, their dinner table. I know people yeah. that are getting stuff done at their dinner table. The kids are around, but the kids are on their phone. And, and that, that might be a whole nother talk about the, the challenges are of a digital society, but, but you've got to set those, those, you get that balance between work life and home life, uh, between work life and personal life. Cause if you don't, uh, it'll never leave you. And, uh, and you, you won't live the fulfilled life that I think you, you, sh- you could. That was such a great answer. I'm going to leave it right there. Cause it was perfect. And like you said, we could really fall down a rabbit hole on a lot of different aspects of this conversation, but I know we don't have that time and maybe we'll come back again and go deeper on one of these, but I would love for the listeners to connect with you. So where can we find you? Yeah. So you can check us out at freelance you. So the letter U, freelanceu.com. Uh, we've got our own podcast blog. You can get all sorts of free training and resources. If you're interested in uh, starting your own business from home or working as a freelancer, we also have a whole university with 80 classes and uh, you know, mentorship and a great learning community there over at freelanceu.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. Great to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love today's episode, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review. Your review helps grow the show. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies and hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.